and Roll. Visit GormanSharp.com for more information. Gorman Sharp Funeral Home, our family serving yours. News, analysis, and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Expungement laws. The conversation that the state of Missouri has had a lot over the past few years. Joining us now on the phone, two guests. This is the first time you've ever tried this. We'll see if it works. Caitlin Owens from the American Conservative Union. Do we have you? Yes, you have me here. And Mallory Rush from Empower Missouri. I'm here too. Oh, I love it so much. Modern quick, media is amazing. Quick shout out to your producer. <laughs> throw that throw that over here real quick. All right, quick shout out to the producer. All right, Caitlin, Mallory. Before we get started, one thing we do on the show every day, we do a question of the day. Question of the day, different every day. We're starting a new trend where we ask the question at the beginning instead of asking it at the end, just because it makes things interesting. Question of the day today. What's your favorite candy, or what do you eat to satisfy your uh, sweet tooth? Caitlin. Okay, you're going to hate this answer, but I am not a sweet tooth. Instead of sweets, I uh, am a salty person. Uh, so my go-to is salty pretzels. Well, I guess it's a little. Mallory, what about you? So, uh, funnily enough, I'm the same way, but I will go with peanut butter M&Ms because then you get a little salty uh, in your sweet. Now we talk that. See, now that's a good answer. Okay. Let's talk <laughs> about expungement. This has been a, a conversation that Missouri has had a lot lately. One thing that, that your two organizations have started to agree on is something called auto expungement. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, I can kick us off and then have Caitlin add add, uh, whatever other ideas I forget. So essentially, you know, the criminal justice system was not actually designed to punish people for the rest of their lives, right? In our current system, the idea was that, you know, people who commit crimes would have a consequence, whether that be prison or um, time that they're spending on probation or parole or some combination of those things. And that once they have paid their debt to society, they can go on with their lives and go back to being a productive member of society. Unfortunately, with the advent of the Internet and online repositories for criminal records, this is not actually the reality that we currently live in. Right. So folks who have these past criminal records often tell us that they have years, even decades of struggling to secure employment and housing due to these background checks that are being conducted. So in Missouri, there's currently a petition-based expungement system where you can petition the court to have your record expunged after a certain period of time. Um, But there is a national trend that we are trying to bring to Missouri that says that actually that petition-based process is really complicated and costly and hard to navigate and that we should just kind of get the government bureaucracy out of the way and just automatically expunge those records after you've had a period of time where you've shown that you are reformed and that you've not committed any additional crimes. Tell me, tell me, and Caitlin, maybe you're the one to answer this, but what's the process like before, because right now you have petition expungement. How does somebody go about expunging their past crimes and getting that done? 
So right now, um, because every state is different, I'm go- it's very complicated, um, and it's a long, extraneous process. Um, for Missouri specifically, uh, Mallory, do you want to answer? Yeah. So essentially you have to, you know, there's paperwork that has to be filled out and then there are court appearances that have to happen. Um, many times just because of like backups in the judicial system, you can have multiple court appointments that have to happen before, um, the record will actually be expunged. If we've heard from folks that it's very difficult to navigate without a lawyer, so it often requires finding somebody who will represent you, and there is a huge shortage of folks who are willing to do kind of pro bono law. So, you know, you're looking at hiring a lawyer, which as anyone who's hired a lawyer can tell you is incredibly expensive. So it's just all of these different steps that people have to take and money that people have to have right now. There are multiple sort of fees along the way. There's fees for when you have to file the paperwork. There's fees to hire lawyers. Um, And so a lot of people just like who are already struggling because they maybe can't even get more than a minimum wage job with that old criminal record, um, then they really can't afford to hire a lawyer or, you know, really have somebody to represent them in court. So we're just trying to kind of cut all of that red tape and make it an easier, an easier process for folks to get back to the workforce. Yeah. Mallory, Mallory and I were talking earlier about how it's amazing how easy it is to get caught up in the system, but it's near impossible to get out. Um, And this is a way where, you know, our two organizations along with uh, this huge coalition, uh, both on the right and the left are really working to help people, you know, get back on their feet. Um, it's not a handout, it's a hand up. And so, um, we're really trying to hold people accountable that need to, but also, you know, get back to your life. Um, and it's very difficult to do when there's roadblocks every chance, you know, you take. Counterpoint. Shouldn't shouldn't there like if you're an employer, don't you want to know about somebody's background? Is is that are there people that don't think, hey, we'd like to know if somebody has a history of doing certain things? I mean, sure. I think that there are certain um, certain crimes that that's really important to know about, right? So you know, currently under Missouri law, expungements are not available to folks who've committed violent crimes. Um, or any sort of sexual offense, right? We do feel like those two categories of offenses are things that it is really important for employers and others to understand that you have a background. The folks that we're talking about are folks that have committed nonviolent offenses. You know, many of these things are misdemeanors. And unfortunately, because there's just some misconceptions, you know, those are the kind of things that really prevent people from being able to secure housing and secure jobs. And so, you know, what ends up happening is that then those folks just end up uh, as recipients of the welfare programs in this country, right? If they can't take care of themselves, then the government's providing for them. And isn't it a better situation for folks to be able to provide for themselves and their families? Tell us, what's the process What's the process like in states that have auto expungement? How does that, how does it work? Is it, uh, just walk us through that. 
Yeah, I can take that. And Caitlin, if there's other ideas, chime in. But, um, you know, I think that what we see is um, uh, right now, Clean Slate has passed in about 10 states around the country, um, including our neighbors over in Oklahoma. Um, And there's only a handful of states that are pretty far into the implementation process. Utah, Pennsylvania and Michigan were sort of among the first batch of states that passed this and are pretty far into implementation. So essentially it's just a tech solution. So there's an algorithm that gets written um, and added to the state level court system so that on a monthly basis, records that are newly eligible for expungement are identified by the algorithm. Um, You know, obviously that involves looking at, uh, what what are the charges that somebody has in the past and are those eligible for expungement under Missouri law? So the way that that works is um, they pull something called a charge code. So that's like a numerical uh, signature that goes, uh, that aligns with the crime that you committed. And then it also looks at, you know, did you owe restitution to a victim of a crime, right? Say you committed some sort of a, a property offense. Um, and you like spray painted something on somebody's building and you owed restitution to them. Uh, you know, expungement is not available to you until that restitution has been paid. So the computer looks to see, you know, has that restitution been fulfilled? And it looks to make sure that you have met the waiting period that the state has assigned. So here in Missouri, for misdemeanors, you have to wait a year after the final disposition of your sentence and three years after a felony. So it makes sure that that waiting period is done as well. So all of that is done by the computer. Those records are flagged. They're sent over to um, usually some sort of um, law enforcement agency. So in Missouri, the current proposal is that those records would go to um, all of the prosecutor's offices in the state um, so that the prosecutors would have an opportunity to review the cases along with the Missouri State Highway Patrol so that they could check to be sure that those records are in alignment on their end. Um, And then an order is sent to the judges to go ahead and expunge the records. And what happens in in most states, and would be true here in Missouri as well, is that the records aren't fully erased. Um, They are just sealed. So the... the, the legal entities still maintain all law enforcement offices would still have access to those records. So that if somebody would create, you know, commit another offense down the road, all of the relative law enforcement agencies still have access to all of that information. It's just being sealed from public view. What was the first state or where did this, where did this auto expungement process start? Was it Pennsylvania, Mallory? Yeah, I think Pennsylvania was yeah. first. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was in 2018 or 2019 that they took it took place, and then um, we're doing like a round two of clean slate um, this year as well in Pennsylvania. That'll that'll pass. Um, so it's it's picking up speed, um, but you know. Every state is different, and so it, it's, very, it's very difficult to compartmentalize, you know, what state is what. And, and you know, sometimes it, it would be good to have something across the board, but, you know, we can't do that. So, And, and this is probably a, a, a better question for Mallory because it's very state-specific. But, Mallory, we've got CaseNet here in Missouri. And for those people who don't know, you could look up basically anybody's criminal record on CaseNet. 
just by knowing their names. Do you know, are, is that normal across the country? Are there a lot of states that have that, or are we an abnormal state? That's a great question. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, but I mean, it is, it is part of the problem here, right? Where those records are publicly accessible and because they, it creates a lot of confusion, right? We have lots of folks with common last names. There's lots of, you know, John Smith and Kevin Johnson totally. out there. And so, you Trust know, me, my last often... name is very unique. If people are looking up my last name, I'm not hard to find on there. Sometimes <laughs> I want the anonymity of a Tom Smith. <laughs> right. But it's also hard, right? Because if you have a Tom Smith that has, you know, committed a crime and then you're a different Tom Smith that's applying for a job and someone is just using CaseNet they could very easily be conflating somebody else's record with your own. Um, we definitely, we've seen lawsuits about that around the country where people have been locked out of opportunities. And then it turns out it's for a criminal record that isn't even there. <laughs> so there are also, made, you know, completely innocent people that are harmed by this. They made a movie about it. It's called Identity Thief. Um, tell us, so this is, uh, this is, this legislation will likely be introduced in the Missouri, um, probably either after December 1st or when session starts in January. Uh, I know it's probably early, but do you have any idea who's carrying the legislation at this point? Yeah. So actually we did, this will be the second year that it's introduced. Um, there are some changes that, uh, we have been working on to the bill just sort of based on the conversations that happened in the legislature last session. It did have a hearing in the House. Um, so on the House side, Representative Phil Christofinelli out of St. Charles, Missouri, is carrying the bill. And um, on the Senate side, Senator Curtis Trent out of Springfield has the bill. Very good. Well, this is all super interesting. It's a, it's unique. We're doing this. We're doing this segment with two guests, which makes this a, a, a very unique way to finish the segment. But uh, one way we finish every segment in talking, uh, interviewing is asking you, okay, People want to know more about the issue. How do they find you or follow you or follow the issue on social media? Uh, Mallory, go first. Uh, from a state-specific level, there is actually a campaign website that's up. So it's super simple. It's mocleanslate.org. And for the work that you do with Empower Missouri, how do people find out more about the organization? We're online at empowermissouri.org. I mean, that's so easy. I should have just said that. So and, easy. <laughs> And Caitlin, what about you? So we um, are both national and federal, so you can find our work. We have like a state, we have like a map, and you can click on your state um, on our website. It is conservativejusticereform.org. Very good. Thank you both for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. All right, again, Caitlin Owens, American Conservative Union, Mallory Rush, Empower Missouri, talking about auto expungement. I didn't push too hard. They talked about expunging nonviolent. But what about like for landlords? Do you want to know if somebody didn't pay your bill or didn't pay their last rent? Is that is that something that goes on a criminal record? So I I assume well, I don't know what goes on a background check, but usually if somebody's gonna like apply to rent your house, you just go on case then, look them up and see if, you know, they've been sued for unpaid rent or rent in possession or things like that. Or I assume I don't know if it impacts if it's on your credit score or not, but I'm curious, like, you know, and maybe everybody deserves a clean slate, but I know somebody that owns a bunch of rental properties and trust me, they want to know, 
the people that are renting from them, whether or not those people have 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 not paid their bills in the past. Yeah, a couple of my family uh, family members are landlords, and they've been uh, what's the word left left hung out to dry. We'll say I was about to use a different term. We'll say that they were left hung out to dry a couple of different times. And then afterwards found out, oh, they have a history of not paying rent. They have a history of leaving the place a mess. They have a history of leaving the place a meth, one could say. They, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they didn't find that out until afterwards. And so this, it's a really weird position because obviously, as fun as it can be sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, uh, you don't want, I think, the common person just for defamation purposes to look somebody up on CaseNet and say, Oh, you're a bad person. I'm going to post all this stuff on social media, even though it was 10, 15 years ago, and it really wasn't as bad as the charge implies. So how do you find that middle ground, that balance? Is there a way to, I don't know, apply for a case net license, and then you get to go in and see all of the stuff? It's it's a weird situation between people's personal privacy and business rights. Yeah, it's it, it, it's very much a strange one, um, and I think here's the deal: case that exists right now, it's kind of the cat out of the bag. Um, anybody can go on it, and listen, I could I could go on it right now and look up Garrett Bulls and try to figure don't. out. A, <laughs> no, uh, and please don't mention my name. Um, but 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 they're right. It's a place where anybody can look up anything on there about you. I've, I've got a bunch of speeding tickets on there, not for a long. I don't remember the. It's been a couple of years since. I, it's been at least since 2020 that I've had a speeding ticket, maybe longer. I uh, I think I am, the last one I had was when I went up to Jefferson City. I am on CaseNet right now to look myself oh up because I know oh, somebody's oh, going to. I lo- I'm glad you're looking yourself up and not me because I know I'm, I'm I'm 99% sure the last speeding ticket I had was on the way to Jeff City in either 2019 or 2020, so three or four years ago. But it is sort of weird and surreal to be like, wait, people can just go look up this stuff about you? Like, it feels very much like an invasion of privacy. And I've debated whether or not the General Assembly would ever be like, you know what? We just don't like that anybody can go access CaseNet and look up stuff and just talk about your background and then sort of throw your dirty laundry around whenever they want to. It is weird. So if you do look me up right now, it says two speeding tickets out there. That's exactly what it should say. I'm pretty sure. And it is a little weird um, to have something like that on there. Do we know how long these records go back, though? Because I could understand if it was a year or two and you really want to know about that. But if I'm looking at some, if I'm finding out there was a speeding ticket in 1994, it's they a little do. strange. They do. They, they Now, I don't know how far, probably whatever year they created KSNIP, but it goes back quite, quite a ways. Um, I, and I know this because um, I use KSNIP all the time. <laughs> for good or for bad, uh, it's not uncommon for people to be like, oh, I just gotta need to case that this person and just see what see what their background is, see what's going on with them, see what's happening in their case right now. Uh, to me, it's very it's very voyeuristic, but it's something that like um when I practice law in Oklahoma, there is almost I don't think there's an Oklahoma version of case that it's always made me wonder, wait, some states haven't, some states don't. I wonder why. And frankly, in my mind, I'd be very good if we didn't have it. Yeah, I mean, I I would too, but at the same time, you know, background checks are there for a reason, and there are certain things where I agree with you yeah, of business getting hired. Background checks are very you know. different, though. Like, if you want to do so, like I volunteer at my kid's school, I have to do that. You give fingerprints to the FBI or the Highway Patrol; they run a background check on you. 
That's that's a very different background check that should be like, hey, I just met, I just went on a Tinder date. I want to find out if that. Whoa, that they've got you know three rent possession cases or whatever it might be, and maybe that's good information to have. But it's just a weird thing to think that is all just sitting out there for the public to see. It is so funny, and I know, I know that we're uh, we're going to get to question of the day here in a second, but. Uh I'll be honest, I don't know how much time we can really talk about candy, so I I do want to bring up this subject while we can. (laughs) A little inside baseball there for radio planning process. It is interesting that now, obviously neither one of us are single, but if we were and we were out perusing, however you want to say it, cruising and perusing, one one might say, um, it is interesting that a full criminal history can just be online. That might be a good thing, especially... Not to hop on a feminine soapbox here, but especially a uh, feminist, not feminine, feminist soapbox here. But especially if you're if you're a single 21, 22 year old girl, you agree to go meet up with a guy that you've never seen before. It's kind of nice to go to CaseNet and say, oh, he's fighting a battery charge right now. That's interesting. I probably shouldn't go. <laughs> uh, exactly. I probably shouldn't go. Like there is there are ways where it can be used responsibly and respectfully for human safety or something like that. But. I don't, I don't know if it should be that readily available 24 seven. I mean, at the end of the day, all of these crimes that people have committed are crimes that they've been tried for and proven guilty. I don't know if I agree no, with. No, anything on case that if you just are charged with something, it's on there. Let's see. I don't like that. I think yeah, you gotta I be guilty. Either. I, I think don't you gotta, either. You got, you gotta be proven guilty. Uh, that's, that's a little insane that you can be accused of something and it be on your record yeah. forever if you if you when you get a speeding ticket you may or may not be speeding but within a week or two there is an open case on case now as soon as you get charged by the prosecutor there's an open case that just sits there and it'll literally be like oh respondent appeared case continued 30 days like it's all on there and it's right now i could hear the click clack of keys yep. as people are like wait wait where is this how do i look this up yep case net dot com or dot gov whatever it is the only thing you're going to find on me so far is two speeding tickets and my my middle name which is hyphenated because i'm an anomaly so that's pretty much all you got all right we're out of time <laughs> we're coming back with it to the question today don't forget jay asker coming out at 505 plus a snake draft at 537 to understand what happens next these individuals that are sending him money have ties to Chinese intelligence happens right here I'm not taking